0: I often try to do new things on the channel as much as possible, as well as talking about some older things and some movies that might uh, have some decades on them or at least some years on them, but I also still try to keep it as new and relevant as possible. Uh, I like to try to go back and forth as much as I can, uh, So, but for this entry, uh, I'm going to talk about something that's very new, uh, at least, I think it's a week old by now, maybe uh, give or take a day or so. Uh, we're going to talk about Blood Red Sky. It's a Netflix film, and at first I want to just go uh, uh, into this with an explanation of... It took me at least a couple of days from this release when I was told about it. I had um, a family member tell me, like, you have to watch this, it's mind-blowing or whatever. And uh, I looked it up and I saw it and I was like oh, okay, it looks like it's a German film. Which, you know, I have nothing wrong with foreign films. Foreign films are sometimes some of the best films. And for what I know about what Netflix does is it has this great integration of English-dubbed audio over films that they produce themselves. Not even just films that are... Uh, from other countries that aren't English dubs or don't get the ports. If they're a Netflix official film, you can get that um, English or in its native language with whatever subtitles you want. So Netflix has done a very good job with that, and I think that's probably one of the best business moves they made when it comes to the idea of building up their portfolio. Because when you think about all of these streaming services that are coming out, a lot of them are pulling content that was connected with Netflix... So they can host it on their own cha- on their own networks. Like, why is it that you would put the same stuff on two different networks if the, the, you don't want the competition to be there? So, when you see a lot of films on there, you you have to look to see whether or not it's um, either an American film or a foreign film, and most of the time. If it's a Netflix official, almost 100% of the time, if it's a Netflix official film, it'll have an English dub for it. But if it's not, I believe most of the time it will. I haven't really seen many films that aren't Netflix official uh, films from overseas, and whether or not they have English dubs or not. But this just so happens to be one. But in general, the film is both in German and in English. Um, There's only one big-named actor that I know of uh, who's in it, and... um, uh, I'm not going to know this guy's name either. He was in a bunch of things. He plays uh, uh, Captain Cold in The Flash. He's one of the main brothers on that show that was on Fox Prison Break. can't believe I forgot this guy's name. But either way, uh, what the film is essentially about is the hijacking of this plane by these like British terrorists who eventually make it seem like it's not them they want to blame it on the um the 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 Arabic or the Afghani terrorists so they have a bunch of people on there who just happen to speak Arabic and they say say this in English and then say it say the words that we have on this paper in you know Arabic so what their main goal really is is to make it look like the the Arabic terrorists are attacking England. So they're causing causing England to, or Germany, I forget where exactly they tried they redirect the plane from. The plane is meant to go to New York. And they redirected back to Europe because they plan on crashing the plane into some monument and making it seem like it was uh the, the Israelis or the Arabics that did it. So with that being the the main plot device, the thing that drives the movie forward—to why the plane is redirected, to why everything just seems to be happening and going wrong on this plane. There's also a, uh, the uh, the other main point, the other story arc, is this mother and child. At the very beginning, you don't know what the mother like is going through. You just know that she's going to America to see a specialist doctor and you think maybe she has cancer or something she's taking a bunch of medicine then it also shows you a tiny backstory where she loses her husband and it's when her son is first born and then eventually you learn that she's she's a vampire or she has vampire blood she has the vampire virus and the take on the vampire for this film uh, which by the way it's called blood red sky but Essentially, when I think it was released in Germany, it was actually called Transatlantic 473, which to me is a bit of a better title. I, Blood Red Sky just seems to be very much like... It, so, it sounds like one of those dumb movies that try to take up the place of another film. Like, when you want like um, to see... I remember uh, you had the film Battle Los Angeles, where it was bad in Battle colon Los Angeles. Then they had Battle of Los Angeles. And... One of them was the main one that went and released in theaters with high level production value. And the other one was a B film that looked like it was made with somebody's uh, adobe shop in like the desert. Like it didn't look that the, that great at all. So when you see the name Blood Red Sky, for some reason that just screams B movie to me. Or not even, that that screams almost F movie. Depending on w- where you're seeing it or what level you're watching it on. Or even the quality of just say what you're seeing in the trailer or on the on the poster for it. So, I thought Transatlantic 473 was a way better title, but I digress. I'm going too deep into that. So, we discover that she's a vampire. Her husband died getting eaten by a vampire. She got bit, and she started turning, and in the process of figuring out, she learned how she can manage the disease, and then she kind of figured out a way how, like, oh, I'm just going to do a full-body blood transfusion or something. There was some procedure she was going to do in America. Um, Because her herself, the character, is German. So most of their dialogue, you can tell that it's just English dubbed, and they're actually speaking German by the way their mouths move, which sometimes gets annoying, but again, I digress, let's not go into that. And she's on this flight that these terrorists take over, and they don't realize that. And it just so happens that through turn of events, she gets shot. But she doesn't die. She kind of sneaks away and, like... Re-establishes herself, winds up killing one of the dudes, and slowly but surely she becomes more and more like a vampire because she, she feels she has to defend the plane now. So she sort of becomes the unsung hero, and she's in control of the creature inside of her, the essential vampire part of her. So, while all this is happening, you have all these different characters in the terrorist group... You got the the, the the good soldier, the leader who's trying to stick to the plan but still has somewhat of a heart. Then you got the the, the, the tall brood of a dude, then you have the really smart dude, and then you have the the pilot who the co-pilot actually who betrayed everybody to get them on the flight and get them into the cockpit. So with all of those characters, you also have the one who's completely insane because you can't have a film like this and not have one who's completely off his rack off his rocker, like he's a complete and utter wild card. You don't know what the guy's going to do. So that's the first impression you get of him. Then when they discover that this lady is a vampire when she starts killing them one by one, he's like, "Oh yeah, it's a vampire." And then he just accepts that. Like, it's a gr- this is a great film, don't get me wrong, but it has a lot of plot holes where, or a lot of plot devices, I should say, that just, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, why all of a sudden did this guy go from the most insane dude in this group to the most calculated one, where he, he sharpens, like, a hockey stick into a stake, and then it, when he goes after her, he doesn't kill her initially. He takes a vial of her blood with a syringe he finds, And then he just thinks, oh, yeah, this will work. I'm just going to freaking inject myself with vampire blood and then I'll become a vampire. Like, where does that mentality come from from the dude that we just saw was the complete basket case of, of this band of terrorists? Like, that in and of itself is a turn that... Kind of doesn't make sense to me, but if you're willing to just accept it, because, again, you're talking about a film that's talking about vampires, let's just accept that maybe people's perspectives in a scenario like that might change, or their personality might change, or whatever. So, what she wants to do is she feels like maybe she's the last one, and she doesn't want it to spread. So the second she sees one of the dudes that she kills start turning, bam, stabs him in the heart. And when she sees this guy starting to turn, she does this really cool thing which tries to light him on fire, but the fire gets put out before he dies, and then she tries to escape before they come after her, and then they don't think, the other members of the terrorist group don't think this guy turned into a vampire, and then he turns all of them into vampires. And then they try to like keep them locked in the storage area while they think of a way to like land the plane so they can get off. And she's still like part vampire, part human. So she's like, you have to do this when the, when it's daylight, because if you do it at night, they're going to escape and they can't escape. She's really smart when it comes to the idea of trying to maintain the, the outbreak that she essentially committed. Um, and you know, you don't feel sorry that she did it because she did it to save all these people. Well, story progressed a little bit. Lo and behold, the vampire terrorists now that are locked in the cargo bay get out and they start killing everybody. And there's three people in the main, um, like, pilot area. I forget what it's called off the top of my head. But there's three people in there. There's the, there's the terrorist co-pilot who's trying to fly the plane. Now, he's turned... To go back to being a good guy because he realizes that this is way out of his lane. All of his team is dead, and he's going to land the plane and save every- and try to save what he can of the people. There's a doctor that they befriend on the plane that the son kind of attaches to. Then there's her son. Then there's the, the the vampire lady, and the four of them are sitting there and they're realizing that you know they have to stop these vampires from killing everybody because they she she essentially wanted to save all of them. Unfortunately, they all vote against it. And so everybody on the plane dies or becomes a vampire. So I remember seeing a joke about this. I think it was on Reddit where somebody called this stakes on a plane. <laughs> and it's just, I was not expecting that. And that is the essential twist is that essentially nobody survives. These vampire terrorists go on such a killing spree and they're eating people to the point where they just... They're killing them flat out. Or they're turning them, and then those people are essentially turning on anybody else who's alive. And then it just becomes this plane of vampires. So, the... The only thing they can do is they have to try to land, get out of the plane, and then blow the plane up. Because the terrorist rigs rigged, rigged the plane to blow up when it hit their target. So there's bombs on the plane. There's either a... A switch that they can push on their own, or there's a remote detonator. They don't have the remote detonator. They only have the one that you have to be there to push. And, of course, the person who's there to push it is going to die with everybody else. And the mother's like, you know, I feel like I'm too far gone. I'm going to stay here and push the button when we land. Just make sure you get as far away as possible or whatever. And the son's like, no, Mama, no. No, I will not let you do that. And then what does he do? He goes running off... Into vampire cabin that this is, you know, fly, you know, the suck blood air 101, whatever this plane has turned into. And he's all he's got is a UV flashlight they just so happen to have. And he goes back in there and he goes to where he tells him the detonator is, and it's on the dead body of one of the terrorists. So he goes down there and he tries to find it. Miraculously he finds it, but also plot device, he's down in the depths with all these vampires. He loses the flashlight, and he gets stuck, like, under a car when they're all trying to, like, they all want to eat him because he's the only thing that's walking around that's alive. They've killed everything else and eaten everything else, so they're still hungry. They want to eat the boy. And the lady's just like, um, I have to go down there and get my son. And they're like, no, you can't go down there. You know, it's, you know, suicide or whatever. And so she looks at the pilot, and she goes, how easy is it to land this thing? And he explains, like, oh, it's super easy. You push this button, turn this rotor, you have any issues, you know, you talk to uh, the main um, station in the center of the airport, and they'll help guide you through it as well. But it's it's super simple. She looks at the other dude, the doctor, and she's like, can you handle that? And he's like, I think so. And then she flat out kills the freaking co-pilot. <laughs> because, like, I'm, she needs, like, the energy to go down there to fight other vampires to save her son. And... Again, you got to remember she's essentially the one that starts all this. But the one that turns by injecting the blood into him apparently takes on alpha form. So she goes down there to save her son. She fights the alpha like everybody else leaves because it's like this she's challenging the alpha or whatever. And she loses. She loses bad. Like it's it's a flat out like holy shit. There's no coming back from this. And so the son is seeing the mother get pretty much manhandled, and he's like, he gets out from under the the car, and he's standing by the one of the doors that lead out of the plane, and, and he's coaxing the the alpha vampire. He's like, "Come get me, you son of a bitch," or whatever. So the the, the the alpha vampire sees the boy and he decides, okay, I'm done with this toy. I'm going to leave her to lie here in her own defeat. I'm going to go have myself some lunch. And so somehow he understands how to use the remote control, which the only direction he's given is don't push the big button because the big button will blow the, whole bu- blow the whole plane up. So he knows how to use it and he pushes a button and bam, the door pops out from one of the explosive devices And before he knows it, the vampire is sucked out of the plane. And you think, okay, good. Alpha vampire is gone. And the the boy goes to his mother and he's trying to, like, console her and, like, wake her up. And he decides, okay, yeah, I know. And the thing is, the boy is understanding that the mom's a vampire. So he's very much trying to make it work. Where he's helpful for his mother, and he, he's always going to be there for his mother. So what does he do? He slices his hand a little bit, and he starts dripping blood into her mouth to kind of wake her up. Before, like, as he's kind of doing that, and he's not paying attention. You see the dude, the, the, alpha, the alpha vampire, he's like latched onto the side of the door, and he's crawling his way back in. And there's cameras throughout the whole plane, so the dude who's left in the cockpit, the doctor... He sees that, and he's like, oh, wait, the sun's coming up. Let's turn the plane, because apparently I know how to fly a plane now after being told, like, a little instructional video in, like, three minutes, like, air flight on YouTube, air flight simulation on YouTube or some bullshit. He turns the plane to the sun. Bam, Alpha Vampire disintegrates. And now the boy is sitting in, like, fresh sunlight, and then the mother wakes up from the blood, uh, and she's kind of sitting there, and you want the boy wants his mother to recognize him, but you notice pretty much off the bat that the mother is pretty much gone. Like she went full vampire, and there's she's not coming back. She's essentially been totally encompassed by the virus and the vampire creation. That she she's full on a creature of the night. She's no longer uh, has any sort of cognitive recognition to being a human to this being her son all she knows is I'm a vampire. So she kind of drifts off into the darkness leaves the kid sitting there in the sunlight. So the movie begins when the plane has already landed and they know that there was a terrorist attack. They don't know what happened and they have the boy the boy gets off the plane and they have the boy in uh like a hospital room. We fl- that's how the sh- that's how the movie starts. So at this point, we flash back to that scene where it's the boy in the hospital and they're asking him what happened. And he's like, where's Dr. Dude, whatever his name is, Rashid or something. Where's the doctor? You have to get him off the plane. You have to get him off the plane. And he's like, no, he's not getting off the plane. Like the boy has, you know, uh, what's that syndrome Uh, when people get kidnapped, Stockholm syndrome or something. When People get kidnapped and they start uh, feeling for their captors or whatever. They're like, no, sedate the boy. We got to get him out of here. We got to get the plane situated. So they try to take the boy away in an ambulance. The boy escapes. They drag Farid or whatever his name is off the plane. And they're thinking he's the terrorist. He's the main leader. And he's like, where is everybody else? And so this whole, like a hundred SWAT team members flood the plane. Now, remember, nobody's alive on the plane. And nobody knows anything about vampires or whatever when going into this. So they go into it, and they have their cams, and the main, like, general of the whole, uh, like, operation is sitting there looking at the monitors from the cams of all these soldiers. Then they start getting attacked, and they're getting slaughtered. Like, no guns are helping, they're in the cabin of this plane... And, of course, this takes hours. It takes hours to try to figure out what they're going to do, and the sun's going down. And then the sun the, the sun starts to go down, so the vampires, little by little, are trickling out of the plane. And we're talking, this went from having one vampire to however many passengers on a plane that were killed. Say, there's 100 passengers. They killed and eight fifty of them. There's 50 vampires. And they're still killing and eating all these other soldiers now. And so, they... The, the the SWAT team and the operation people and the general, they have no fucking idea what's going on. They, they're they at a complete loss for words. And the only people that know is the boy and um, Raymond or whatever this guy's name. I can't remember this guy's name. I think, I think it's Fareed now that I say it again in my head. But let's say it is Fareed. Fareed knows what's happening. He's like, you got to get the boy. Where's the boy or whatever? And then cuts to the boy in an ambulance getting driven out of the facility. He wakes up and he's like, you have to get me, you have to let me go, I have to get over there, I have to get Farid or whatever. And they're like, nah kid, we're gonna shoot you up with some more sedatives. And he's like, no, fuck that, and then he pushes the needle into the guy's leg. But it's like so slow, it's like any normal human with a good enough amount of strength or awareness of the fact that this is like a six year old trying to push my hand away from where my hand is going like immediately your hand would stiffen up but no this guy's hands like oh yeah little boy needle in my oh no needle in my leg like it's so bad but it's it happens so quick and maybe you could make the argument that it wasn't as bad but it just looks bad and then of course that guy now gets sedated he hops out of the back of the ambulance because all of a sudden this kid is tom cruise in mission impossible and he goes running back to the plane He sees that the vampires are pouring out of the plane and he gets close enough that he pulls the remote out and he remembers being told, oh yeah, Big Button blows the whole plane up. And then right as he's about to do it, he kind of sees one of the vampires that have escaped the plane is his mother. So for one last moment, he tries to call out, you know, mama, 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 can you hear me? Mama. And of course the mother's completely gone. The mother's flat out Nosferatu. And so he's like, Okay, fuck it, and then he just blows the whole plane up, blows all the vampires up, the explosion is so big, it creates like this mushroom cloud, and all the vampires are are dead and get disintegrated, and anybody who is probably alive is dead by now, including every vampire, so that's how the film ends, all the vampires are dead, this ain't gonna get a sequel... And I'm happy about that because I don't think it really needs a sequel. I think this is a great story in and of itself. There there are a couple of things I make fun of throughout my my analysis of it and my explanation. But all in all, what, what I like about it is it reminds me a lot of 30 Days of Night. It's just this idea of taking vampires and putting them into a scenario that you hadn't seen them in before. I never thought of the idea of, oh yeah, vampires on a plane. Like that seems pretty awesome that's almost like i remember there's a there's a joke that's i see somebody posted i think it was on like twitter or tumblr or something it was in like an image like a gif almost not a gif like a meme almost that uh, was floating around facebook that i see pop up sometimes and it's uh uh guy gets a knock at his door opens the door he's like hello have you heard about our lord and savior count dracula and he's like count dracula wait are you a vampire And he's like, yes, sir, I am. Would you like to hear more? And he's like, I thought you guys were, like, blood-sucking demons who kill people. And he's like, there have been many lies told about us in mainstream media. May we come in? (laughs) So, Vampire Jehovah's Witness is hilarious, but it's unique, it's an idea that you don't, like, hear about, like, everybody's always thought of vampires, in one case or another, they live in a cave, or in a house in the basement, or in, um, in a, in the hull of, like, some ship on, like, a, on, on, like, a dock, like, they, they live in very barren things, and they're not really traveling, you know what I mean? And the idea of vampires on a plane in, in the setting that this film sets up, it's just, it's, it's done very... Uh, authentically. Like, it it seems like this is the turn of events that kind of would happen. And again, I did bash on a couple of movie plot devices that happened because that's that's essentially what I'm doing. This is what I do for this channel. I have to critique the film in and of itself as an entire thing, not just for the things I like, but also the things that just don't make sense. And things like... Not so, dude. Wiping the blood of the first guy he kills all over his face and running around to people being like, "I rule this plane," and then going from that to, "I must take the vampire's blood with a syringe. Where must I find a syringe?" It's like, it's it's a car. It's character turns and it's plot devices and there's things that you have to point out that just they 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 leave too many moments to to criticize than it does to not criticize. Like, essentially, the progression of the mother is is probably one of the most, I don't want to say upsetting, but it's like, it's really sad when you see her go from, you know, loving mother to little by little more and more vampire to the point where she's completely gone and the son is just like, I lost my mother. My mother has been encompassed by the darkness that is this disease she has, and she was so close to hopefully not having that be a thing. Like, ever. Like, whatever she was going to New York for this procedure, she just so happened to get on the wrong plane, and she was shit out of luck. But, in her last moments of life, her last moments of being, you know, a member of the human race, she decided that everybody on that plane meant more than just herself. It was about saving everybody. And especially when it came to the idea that these terrorists just flat out shot her, you know what I'm saying? So everybody thinks like, "Oh no, they shot this poor lady," and then she comes back in like 15 minutes and she starts biting necks and stuff. Like it's it's a very it's a very like well thought out progression of the story. It's just there are things throughout it that you just stop and go that that's dumb. Like I get that they're meant to be things for the movie to progress. These things have to happen. And yeah, you could say, oh, what if it didn't happen like that? But then you wouldn't get to the end of the movie that you thought you would get to. Like, there's a a small scene where the British terrorists are about to, like, fly out of the plane and leave the plane to go do what what they want to do. And then, lo and behold, something has them turn around been stop their escape from the plane before the plane crashes into whatever monument it was going to crash into. So... Little things like that, they kind of have to happen, even though they're sort of dumb and sort of just really bad uses of plot devices, in my opinion, at least. You know, again, little things like the, the kid being able to totally push, again, he's like six years old, being able to push a grown man's arm and the person show little to no resistance. Like, who dead fishes a syringe in their hand? Like, nobody does that. But... If the kid doesn't do that, the kid doesn't get out of the ambulance, so I get it. I'm not saying I don't get it, I'm just saying that it was dumb. There the are things that could have been done better, and all in all, it all leads to an ending that's kind of bittersweet, because yeah, the, the good guys win, but it's kind of like an at-what-cost. This This kid loses his mother, essentially. And through throughout the movie, you see these little bits of backstory where they show you all the family was so good together. Like he he was she was managing the disease without not only just killing anybody, but killing and eating like her son. You know, that's like that's like if a bear had uh, like a a salmon with legs as a son and he was just like every morning I wake up and I want to eat my kid and I just don't. And I fight myself to not do that. that's that's the best analogy I can think of at the top of my head right now. And essentially when you think about these little details that like they do they they have in the background of the film, it also sets up a good story for you when you're watching it because you're thinking about those things too. You're thinking about, oh yeah, that's right. like this happened when the kid was born and the kid's sick. So for five years, she's been fighting the disease. And she's using, like, whatever this crazy medication that she is that she discovered or whatever. I don't think the people in New York knew she was a vampire. That would be kind of weird that they're accepting of vampires, essentially. And maybe they just thought she had some disease that she needed to get a full-body blood transfusion for. I don't know. I don't know. Again, small little plot holes, little plot devices that are dumb. But all in all, as a collective unit, the film is enjoyable it is nice it is a nice sit-through when it comes to wanting a good vampire movie and this is what that's what this is this is a very very good vampire movie especially when it comes to any other kind of film that's come out in the last couple of years that's vampire related most of the time you don't get ones that are like this like this is top notch for this year i'm gonna say at least the last five years i can't even remember the last good vampire film i watched And this just gave me another feel for it, because they all can't be, you know, John Carpenter's vampires. They all can't be the Lost Boys. But they also all can't be Twilight, and they all can't be Underworld. You know, like, these are all different interpretations of vampires. And I think this interpretation is very well done. And I haven't heard, I've never heard of the writer or the director Um, I think actually the director was part of the writing team as well. I think him and another dude were the writers, and then one of those writers was also directing it. And I've never heard of him. Again, this is this is essentially a German film, so hopefully this guy has some more stuff up his sleeve, and maybe he'll do another one because this went way up in the charts. Like this took over Netflix. It's like like I said, I think it came out about a week ago. I want to say July like twentieth or something, and it's already the end of July. But this film has racked up so many views and so many good uh, reviews. It's up there in the top ten. When I saw it, it was at nine. I looked at it just an hour ago because it pops up in my watch again or whatever. It's top three. Like, for a movie to go from premiere to breaking on the top ten on Netflix to being in the top three of the top ten on Netflix, that's huge. That's huge so the film is worth it not even just that it's new but it's good and it's hopefully something that we see another piece of directorial content from uh this director and this writing team and i don't want a sequel to this i think a sequel to this would be dumb i think this is a perfect film in and of itself but knowing how production works and how hollywood essentially works or even just how netflix works we might get a sequel I'm not going to be okay with that, but it's probably going to happen. But if it doesn't, this is still a good enough film by itself. As a standalone film, it's, it's a really, really good watch. Really, really worth sitting through.